0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Casting Views, a podcast hosted by me, Lou, and me,
1: Dan. That sounded so robotic when we do it like that, it seems like it's pre-recorded. That's not Uh, bad though, that wasn't, well it wasn't bad until you said we sounded right. Yeah, yeah, this is the thing, I feel like again we're never going to get the
0: intro right, but Casting Views is a podcast where we take a topic, anything could be something in the news or something that just interests us and we, well, cast some views on it. This week we've got something controversial, I guess it's not controversial, it's controversial in the basis of like what space you're in and if you're into the controversial things that we're going to be talking about
1: what's controversial is how to say controversy
0: yeah yeah so me and dan prior to this episode have just been having an argument because i said hang on a minute we're british we say controversy not controversy controversy what is this controversy no 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 we don't do that
1: um but how have you been getting on how's your week been My week's all right. It's actually been a while since we've done this, hasn't it? Because we've had a couple of episodes in (laughs) We have, yeah. I I feel really amateurish now because I'm like, hang on a minute, I don't remember. (laughs) So yeah, my week was spent trying to remember that we had to do this. Yeah, okay, okay. Something exciting through the post today. Can you see what I'm holding here? You are? You're holding a book? I'm holding a book. It's the Sugar Coated Murder podcast. They have written a book called Click Click Click. It's currently on sale on Amazon UK as well. So go for it good on them because i feel like but, but i feel like we would never have the capacity to write a book it's amazing isn't it i mean yeah. i find it
0: difficult enough just to get a podcast out <laughs> no i mean we're <laughs> arguing about how you say controversy versus controversy so i don't think yeah. that me and you could even fucking agree on what we were gonna write
1: yeah, yeah they, they've got a book out so we've got to up our game <laughs> tv show for us yeah um oh we've had a few messages regarding billy yeah, yeah, I've
0: seen a couple of them. Very, very heartfelt. I just want to say thank you, everyone, for keeping Billy in your thoughts. It's, it's very much appreciated. He is, um, in fact, still dead. Um, if anybody was wondering.
1: <laughs> 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 so so I got yeah, I think K uh, K from the Fuck My Work Life, uh, Josh from talky Smack, and. I think it's Luke from the so Yes, you see, Billy, Billy's been remembered, Luke. Yeah,
0: he will, he will live on forever through, through, through casting <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God, it's so
1: sad. Um... <laughs> I think that's it. Oh, obviously, um, I don't want to talk about it because you know it will, it will just go on for ages. But World Cup's happening, so as of recording, the we're about to go into the last round of group games and how, how, how are you feeling about the prediction you made a couple of weeks ago? You know what if
0: you'd have asked me after game day one I would have been like mm. <laughs> but everything seems to be levelling out quite nicely. I sent you like, a message like, didn't I predict- know, straight <laughs> Did away. So, Yeah your prediction isn't going well I was like hang on a minute we've only been about two hours into the tournament.
1: <laughs> I've actually worked out a scoring system I'm going to give you as well so when, when we come to review it you're going to be marked so
0: and also for all of the americans watching the fifa soccer world cup um the usa did in fact win nil
1: nil against england (laughs) (laughs) did you see um is it western mckinney who looks like a decent player yeah yeah did you see him dry his hands on the photographer's (laughs) face that (laughs) was brilliant oh that was superb
0: the photographer sat there like what the fuck are you doing
1: Now he's going to put that on eBay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Match-touched Western McKenney. I awesome, um, thought it was brilliant. Anyway, how's your week? How's your week?
0: Yeah, no, all been good. It's weird, isn't it? Like, World Cup season's a strange thing. Obviously, it's happening in the winter, which um, has kind of thrown a lot of people off. But it's weird how, like, offices up and down the country are just allowing football to be played on every television in the offices. <laughs> It is, it's really strange. I feel like you'd never get that level of sympathy for any other event. It's, it's weird kind of how the World Cup kind of perks people up. But no, generally speaking, been, been pretty good, to be fair. And getting ready for this, I hope. Yeah, very much so. I'm quite interested in this because all of these things that we're going to be talking about, I probably indulged in. <laughs> this is going to sound so bad. <laughs> this is going to sound I bad. I know yeah, what we're talking about, so be yeah, careful. I <laughs> indulged in... Way younger than I was allowed to indulge
1: in these things, and I probably part- partook in that as well. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> out although, of context, context yeah, past in yeah, views, <laughs> yeah. Actually, before we do carry on, before literally before we come on, I was talking to a couple of the uh, the pod group we're in. So, what do we call our listeners? So, there's chat uh, Chatsunami calls his the Pandalorians. That's so good. The fuck my work live calls there the fuckers. And <laughs> brilliant one, probably one of the best ones. You've got talking smack call theirs the smackheads. <laughs> what do you think about us? Do we call them viewers? Even though we're a podcast, do we call ours the viewers? Do we call them casters oh yeah what should we call cast- our audience oh my god that's a really difficult one but i feel
0: like casting maybe it should be something to do with like acting because it's like car we're casting views like being in a cast
1: what are you What are you? well i want to call them viewers and you i've realized as well in some episodes you actually do call our listeners viewers and I- i'm gonna we're gonna retrofit it we can then retrofit it so you knew all the, all the way back then that we were going to have this conversation
0: do you know what's brilliant as well maybe it's a bit like that um Cadbury's advertising campaign where if we use the word viewers technically every other podcast that uses the word viewers is giving us free advertising there you go should we christen it now I feel uh hang on a minute I feel like if we get some comments after this episode and anyone's got anything super creative for us I think that would be sick but I've
1: got one but I don't want to say it Antonio came up with one but it was rude (laughs) <laughs> oh, no, but how rude is it is it cancellation rude maybe you should put it in and just bleep this bit of the episode <laughs> no it's not it's not like cancellation i mean look we the, the last couple of episodes we've done if we're still on here no 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 i tell you no, no no i tell you what we'll put it at the end of the episode as a little easter egg potential yeah all right there you go <laughs> and oh god talk about easter egg i was gonna say something else as well then but i can't remember now ah oh, completely lost my train of thought <laughs> what should we do should we go should we go into our promo yeah, let's let's okay, and let's do the it. Promo. Let's do it. The promo we've mentioned him a couple of times now is going to be talking smacks. So Josh scar and his co-hosts—they do superheroes, movies, and comics. He's been on us. What did he, we have him on? We did about how we would change TV programs and films, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, I think we did. We yeah, ended.
0: yeah, and how we'd make them better.
1: And I was on his recently talking about the only game that is worth talking about: uh, Mass Effect trilogy. Are you demolishing your room there? Um, sorry, can I just say I've got an automatic? Yeah, we're going to keep this in. I've got an automatic desk,
0: and I've accidentally pushed the button and tried to stay standing with the desk. I did. I was frantically pushing the touch buttons, and they weren't working. So it, it was just down? rising. Is that, is that
1: what it is? Oh no, it's gone up. Yeah. So sorry. Yeah. So I just saw Luke quickly put himself on mute, and, and a look of panic across his face. And then I just saw everything shaking. So it's your automatic desk. Are you are you good now? Are you back in place? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm I'm good. I'm in place. I've locked it. But tell it, what? So
1: Let's just let's just hear. Let's just. You you compose yourself let's hear from talking smack now
0: (laughs) do you love comics movies video games and more we do too join me josh scar and my cast of colorful co-hosts on talking smack look for our yellow and red icon on apple Podcasts, spotify good pods and other podcast players
1: right and we're back Come on, Lou. You're good now. I am good. I'm good. Hand away from the button. Yeah,
0: no, not touching any buttons, not doing anything. I just wanted a drink of water and ended up turning around (laughs) and standing up to try and compensate my desk.
1: Oh, that's hilarious. (laughs) Funny we were recording the video. Oh my God, we need to
0: do a little bit of video sometimes because it's moments like that (laughs) that are pure gold. Right, so this week's episode. We kind of touched on video game controversies previously as kind of a general topic. However, this episode was going to be based around particularly controversial video game levels or specific controversies around video games, you'll kind of get the gist of it as we go through. We'll talk about some very, very well-known scandals and controversies from video games and some lesser-known ones, hopefully, for our viewers. There we go.
1: (laughs) I like it. Nice.
0: But yeah, obviously, I mean, you know, I've been playing video games or I was properly playing video games from probably like 10 or 11 in reality and I was involved in probably some of the the more controversial video game levels as and when they were big news um and my parents weren't happy at the time when they would found out that I'd indulged in in some of these these controversial levels and controversial for controversial games um just off the bat though what's your like first experience or memory of a game being particularly controversial Or a level specifically would be good as well.
1: Well, you always had like, there were some like really violent ones. I guess back in the day, Doom, the initial Doom was, you know, quite violent. And even Wolfenstein. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of obviously the subject matter. Yeah. Probably the one I can remember mainly though, and I know it's going to feature in, well, it features in mine. Anyway, my list is... GTA just always is con- there's yeah. controversy, con- controvers- controversy 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 <laughs> yeah, controversy there's broke, always trouble broke. <laughs> you, you broke me you broke me there's always trouble around GTA and and I think for me it was um in the third one because firstly that blew my mind the third one when it went from like 2d to, to 3d and yeah there was a whole pick up a a hooker and then you could then kill them and get the money and I think that was massive in terms of sort of trouble and yeah attention back in the day so I I would probably say from one I specifically remember it's gonna have to be GTA 3 yeah yeah see I came about a
0: little bit later than that so I think what I'm gonna do is I'll start I'll start my list but with one that I know that we're both definitely going to have a lot on um, okay. So my first memory of a big video game controversy was, remember, no Russian.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> classic. Yeah, I think you can't have an episode without that. Yeah, I think that I just remember at the time, like, I I, I think, though, it, in hindsight, if we're looking back at it now, I think it's a really good way to do something controversial in a game, but, but do it probably the right way. Because I remember that when the game came out, it was all talk about, oh, you don't have to play the level, you don't need to do anything. You can skip over it if you want to. It won't affect anything. But if you want to play it for the sake of the, you've muted yourself. Oh, oh no! Oh Lou, you, you're back now. <laughs> this. What did you hear? That this is what's gonna. This is what's gonna um give you the controversial context for the mission is where I hope I was uh was talking to. Right I, again, not pushing any buttons. Can I just say? Okay, right. <laughs> so no Russian. <laughs> or oh, remember No ration Um was the level from Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 and I think that that's probably with in hindsight the best way to do a controversial mission that kind of adds to the storyline but avoids kind of the issue of people being forced into playing it. So there are particular missions in GTA that you had to do for the sake of the storyline whereas from the outset there was always the story about oh well you don't have to play it because the missions that bad. For a bit of context, what do you remember of the mission?
1: So firstly, I remember the actual story of it is really good in the context of the game, you you know, in terms of the setup. But yeah, I remember you start off, don't you, in in an elevator or a lift, (laughs) opens up and you're walking through an airport and then the gang you're in just start opening fire on all the civilians in the airport, don't they? yeah yeah
0: initially i think that what what it was is it was the pure shock because i feel like we'd never really seen anything like that because i think at the time as well it kind of hit close to home because obviously like terrorism and 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 that sort of thing at the time especially in like the very early like 2010s well when did it come out 2009 i was actually thinking is it earlier than that it might be earlier than that you know was it modern warfare 2 was it modern warfare 2 that was the one
1: I know oh 2009, you had it spot on, yeah. Yeah, yeah 2009.
0: And I feel like kind of there was like a heightened worry about terrorism. I mean, it was only kind of four years after 7-7. Obviously, you'd had um shootings in lots of different public places across the world. I can't remember if there was the one in Mumbai that was just prior to that as well, or if that came a little bit later on. But it felt like it hit kind of close to home for people. However, with the way in which the story was carried out, I think that the story was supposed to evoke what could have been a potential real-world situation. And so I think in the context of the way that they presented the game, because I think that the controversy surrounding it really was just based on the principle of the mission. You're walking into an airport and shooting civilians, and everyone picked up on that, as opposed to this is the context of what that is in the storyline. Because that's the catalyst for then the story moving forward, isn't it? And everything that happens after that point. So for me, obviously, it was a, a crazy
1: thing at the time. Can I just ask as well, did you play that mission the first time? Yeah. Oh, I've always played it, but I've never partook in the shooting up until <laughs> at the end where you have to against the police, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think to get through the level, you have to. Yeah. But I've never I've never partaken in. Europe. See, can you actually skip it? I can't remember. Yeah, so... Oh, yes, it does ask you. Yeah, yeah, it gives you
0: the option. Obviously, this is disturbing for some players or viewers or whatever it might be. Um, Would you like to skip this mission? It won't have an effect on any trophies or achievements, that sort of thing. But yeah, I remember it was an absolute firestorm. Like, even my mum turned around to me she was so like, you're not playing that game can't believe it little did she know that yeah I just went and bought a copy from the like local independent game shop that didn't happen to look at identification when you went to buy video games but yeah I remember it was like proper mainstream national news at the time it would have been interesting as well because I can't imagine what it was like in the states in terms of the firestorm around that mission because you know I, I obviously we got like the British perspective and that was quite heavy here because it was like, should we be allowing this? Like what are we allowing like kids to indulge in? But again, at the same time, it's like, well, it's a game meant for 18s. It's like, you know, for me, the whole thing about like they were worried. It was, it started the whole argument about like video games and violence. And I just thought to myself, I was like, but you're not
1: going to stop adults from watching Quentin Tarantino films, are you? So, you know, it's. But that's it. The thing for me about it though, is, I think you're right in the context of the game. And like I actually said, it's a really good setup. If it was a film and you were watching a film, you think, yeah, they've done that really well. I think the problem where they knew what they were doing. And I think the reason why I think they have, what's the word, they did court the controversy is it's the depiction, you know, you're going through and it's quite an elongated scene, isn't yeah. it, level? And it's just the screaming and you, the animations of the people in pain and, and as they're dying. It's not... If it was a cut scene and it lasted 30 seconds, it might be one thing, but it's almost like two or three minutes, isn't it? Yeah, and what they've done as well,
0: which I think is really clever, is that could have been a cut scene rather than a mission. Yeah. They could have put a cutscene that could have actually been 30 seconds for the context of the mission... But I think they knew what they were doing because they put you in control of a person carrying it out. And I think that's what it was. What you did was you gave a moral dilemma to players to turn around and draw parallels between what they thought could be potentially real life and whether or not they wanted to turn around and take part in that. And I think that infinity ward at the time did know exactly what they were doing like you said because i think they knew it was going to cause a storm but i think it caused a storm for the right reasons and i guess you know if you were to say it i guess no bad press no no any press is good press
1: yeah yeah and and that's the thing because like me if you didn't partake in it as such and by that i mean don't get involved in the shooting you are still witnessing it and that's the thing so you you can't get away from it because normally in video games you either you're put into the game with your gun Bad people that way shoot them. And then normally when you come across civilians or, or good people, you can't shoot them. The game stops you, doesn't it? Or yeah. often it ends. Like even t- well, the irony is in like in Call of Duty, if you've got friendly fire, it restarts the point yeah. doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. But this it doesn't. And that is what I think see so as long as you're playing the level, you can't get away from the sheer it is a horrible scene, isn't it? Ultimately. Yeah. How yeah. they've animated it, I think. That and yeah. that's the thing. They knew what they were doing there as yeah. well.
0: Yeah. And in, in actual fact, um, the controversy was so bad in particular countries that in the Russian version, the mission was removed entirely. You couldn't actually play it, I guess, for obvious reasons. I kind of
1: get that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And in a lot of international versions, it was toned down entirely. So I think they took any blood out of it completely and that sort of thing. Not that, again, like the context of um, what are they doing? Like unless you put um, water pistols in their hands, yeah. it, you know, it, it, yeah. it's hardly making a difference to the kind of context of the
1: level. But, and but just yeah, for it's... people listening, sorry. If you really, if you don't know, because we've said about the context, I think we should say what it is. You play is isn't an American military person going undercover in this Russian gang, isn't it, or this yeah. separatist gang? Sorry, but they know you're American, so at the end you're going through this, and then they kill you. So an American soldier is found having yeah. committed this, so it then kicks off World War 3, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, basically yeah, the context is
0: that it's a staged attack to make it look like an American has committed an atrocity in order to get the Russian government to start a war with yeah. the Americans, basically. But again, so that's, like I that's said, what I mean, that's a context. Yeah. Yeah. In the context of the story, it works absolutely incredibly, and that game is utterly fantastic you have to think you know when we're all 80 years old and like grandkids and, and generations blurs are talking about their cgi computer yeah, vr yeah. bloody quality yeah. game i'm like you didn't experience modern warfare 2 when it came out
1: because <laughs> that's the thing modern warfare modern warfare 2 and even a third it had a good group of characters didn't it it was probably for for me anyway the first shooter in a long time that did have a good it had like a story behind it and characters that you went into rather than just shooty shooty macho muscle-bound guy with lots of guns do you know what I mean it kind of had story with some characters behind it I mean we all remember Ghost and so yeah and Captain Price don't we say so.
0: and again another interesting point just about the level in general they actually originally had like a fantasy level there so originally part of the plan was to have the player battle zombies in the level. And then the fantasy elements were removed and the developing team, the lead writer, Jesse Stern, reworked the mission so that the protagonist would be involved in a terrorist attack. So it was basically following his research of the Columbine High School massacre, which, again, I don't know if him admitting that that's where the inspiration for it came from is a particularly useful thing. Um, But he was quoted as saying he wanted to put you as close as possible to the atrocity. And I think that that's because it makes the level
1: hard hitting. And that's what that game was supposed to do. Sorry, did you say that it was going to be you fighting zombies, but then it turned out you were actually shooting? Yeah, so the level completely
0: changed from its original iteration because they wanted to do something strange in the middle of the game and they ended up coming up with the idea that it should be a terrorist attack and the protagonist being involved. So I think they wanted probably an iteration of that style of mission, but they didn't want to make it originally the way that it was put in the game. And then I think ultimately the decision was made to say, no, basically they're going to go balls to the wall with it. And funnily enough, it was still included in the remastered
1: version, wasn't it? It was. Do you know why I ask you that? Because I'm just going to check the date this other game came out. Did you ever play Spec Ops The Line? I didn't know, but I think I know exactly what mission you're talking about. Yeah, so that came out in 2012. So three years after. Yeah, and there's a there's a mission. Uh, if, if you played it, all I'll say is the White Phosphorus mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, it is actually, it's a really good game. I think it's really underrated, but it is almost a game about like soldiers descend into to kind of like madness from what he's seeing. Now there is a scene where you you're in a battle, you find this white phosphorus can't say it, white phosphorus device, and you start raining down this you know this fire on on the enemy. But then when when it's over, you see basically you have kind of decimated civilians, and there are like these these civilians and possibly even like children crawling to you, and you see. The remain, and it's funny that you said that because that is what that is. Is you're playing a level, but then in in the character's mind, is he's turned it into it's something else entirely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's an interesting idea that it, it was interesting that they were looking at potentially doing that three years earlier.
0: Yeah, very good point. And you know what? I didn't even think about that Spec Ops, the Line mission as well, you know, because you get... I didn't until you afterwards. just said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the cutscene from that game afterwards and all you do see is like burnt, basically like a burnt out town and like the bodies of kids and that sort of thing in that game. Yeah, very, very hard hitting as well, to be fair. I think I would have played that absolutely years ago, but I can't remember much else of the game apart from the controversial thing. But again, even with Modern Warfare 2, and that's the thing as well, isn't it? Like all of these controversies... Stick in your mind, and they kind of become like a cult thing, don't they? So, like Call of Duty have now just left. a Spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't played the newest Modern Warfare. So, just skip ahead thirty seconds. But they left an Easter egg at the end of the latest Modern Warfare, didn't they? Was it Modern? Oh, you told me about yeah about a no Russian mission. So I can imagine that the next game, I would place, I would hedge a heavy bet on the fact that they're going to go even worse in what is the newest Call of Duty in reference to that mission, I think, because they knew the reaction they got before, and I think that they're gonna go from the perspective of how
1: can we outdo that. But they did then in the Modern Warfare 3, they did do another controversial thing, didn't they? It was the London the London bombing, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, see I had that, but because it was completely a cutscene, I didn't include it in my list. But that one's the one where it's like you're in London and it's the perspective of like a dad filming his family in the street, isn't it? Yes, yeah, like an a-
1: American tourist family yeah in London I think well it is no you're right it's a cutscene but I think you do control don't you control the dad walking yeah I think so you it do, kind yeah. of they still want to make it that you're involved in it that little bit. Do you know what I mean and that's yeah. what it is it's that connection but you know what now while we're on the topic of Call of Duty
0: because Call of Duty had so many of these controversial moments even Call of Duty 4 had one of those moments do you remember when the nuke went off and you are in the back of the helicopter.
1: Do you know what? That's probably my first heart-in-mouth moment during gaming, Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, honestly, absolutely crazy. Because
0: then you control the character and you basically just walk around in a barren wasteland of destroyed buildings, knowing what's just happened. And you basically just wait until you bleed out, don't you? And that it's, one there it's is awful, like... awful, yeah. Yeah, it's a yeah. like hopelessness that that level gave you, wasn't it? It was a, le- a sense of hopelessness.
1: It's not controversial in the sense of something like really bad you're having to control something bad but it was just it's the first time in a long time or probably the first time where you as a main character in a game you get killed yeah during a yeah. game yeah. and yeah i just remember I, the, the way they did that because it's load of sound and then there's a deafening silence isn't there there was another one it might have been one of the more recent ones there is another scene where they're interrogating a prisoner and you can choose to either be in the room when it's happening. I think it's done in like yeah. a warehouse somewhere, isn't it? Yeah. Or or stand outside it. And I'll be honest, I've done both, but I think the first time, I think you naturally, you, you do do it because you want to see if you're going to miss anything. Yeah. Then I think when I replayed it, I said, no, nah, I'm all right. I'll stand outside for this one now.
0: Yeah. So that was in the last Modern Warfare game. And that one was, do you remember the scene in that as well, where I can't remember what it is, but that terrorist organization or whatever it is, breaks into the facility that you're in and you have the choice to open the door for them.
1: Oh, I don't remember that, no.
0: Oh my God, because there's a scene where he like shoots a dad in front of his son and then the yeah. boy goes running into some smoke and all you do is see the... What's the, the antagonist? Uh, that- yeah, the baddie. Yeah, the baddie. You see <laughs> yeah. the baddie just <laughs> shoot into the smoke knowing exactly what's happened and then that's the character... That you can be in the room for, so it's it's the, it's the right, right. level with price, isn't it? Where price asks you if you want to be in the room, and then you've got his family sat next to him. That's it. Yes, and you can choose it. to yes. shoot him or not, basically, or you can choose to shoot him in the knees or let him live. Do you know what I mean? It's it's actually absolutely mental when you think about it. at That level,
1: it's the the fact again that that could be a cutscene, and yeah, it would still be bad. That's where it attracts the press and the media is the fact that it's playable. Yeah, 100%. Because you know, we've 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 seen worse in in films, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like there are some horrific films
0: that yeah. that depict the most gruesome violence. Like you have to think about the entire Saw franchise is literally just a film series of like what is it? Like 362 films now about just absolutely the worst forms of torture you could ever imagine on human beings. Yeah, we've said it before. There's This is torture porn, isn't it? It's... Yeah, 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 literally. And that's the thing. But a video game does it. And all of a sudden, the, the, the newspapers are like, ban video games. We don't need any more of them. But now that you talk about it, Call of Duty has always had those missions. I don't know if you remember the one, which was the one that had Kevin Spacey in it.
1: I feel like that's Advanced
0: Warfare. Advanced Warfare. And do you remember there's the scene where he's talking in like the equivalent of the UN? Ah, oh, you'll have to remind me that I, I—I kind of went off Call of Duty for a bit after. Yeah, that so thing. did I. But I think I remember, I think I played Advanced Warfare because again, there was a period where everything just got really jumpy and spaceshipy, yeah. didn't it? Um, and there's Jet a scene. And... <laughs> where, this isn't a level, but again, it's a cut scene. But I guess kind of leans into controversy. But it's like Kevin Spacey is like the head of this like. Weapons agency that creates, like, basically weapons and armaments, that sort of thing. And he's giving a speech in either the UN or, like, the equivalent Call of Duty world of the UN. And he basically stands up there and says, No, I'm declaring war on all of you. And that cutscene is really cold because I don't know if it's because it's Kevin Spacey as, like, an actor and a character delivering that because he's just quite a sinister character whenever he plays anything. That kind of seems like something that's plausible. You could imagine a point at which there is a powerful enough country that would stand in front of the world and say, this is what we're doing, basically.
1: And and I think we mentioned it in a, a couple of episodes ago. That was also like the first Call of Duty where it kind of upped the graphics to, to look a lot more realistic, yeah. the people anyway. Yeah, I'd give you that. I think I definitely think if you were talking about controversial games or levels, Call of Duty would ab- absolutely feature in that and, and yeah. no Russian. Like I said, I think it's a shame and, and I'm going to, play it from this side i think it's a shame that they did make it as um what's the word they really did play for the shock in that level yeah and they could have. i can't think of the word see we don't do this for two weeks and i forget stuff <laughs> as we've said in the context of the game it's it's a brilliant setup for the characters and what then yeah. follows in basically the next couple of games really isn't it
0: yeah because then you have to remember modern war Threat- is it Modern Warfare 3 that then links back? So do you remember the nuke from Modern Warfare 4? You realise it was Makarov that was the one that pushed the button because you're playing the same character that you did in the shooting, but in, in Modern Warfare 3 in a flashback. And that's the thing, I think, that with that level specifically, yes, it was controversial. Yes, it was difficult to play for the first time when you're first initially reacting to it. However, the context it means to the storyline, it, it wasn't put in for no apparent reason. And I think that's what a lot of people reported on it being.
1: As a gamer, the actual how that level ends is the most shocking thing about yeah. that, isn't it? Which that's what the company wanted, right? It was yeah, that shock, yeah. shock tactic. So, yeah. Absolutely.
0: And you know what, as well, the reason that it shocked me that there was so much controversy surrounding that is that the Call of Duty that was released the year previous was Call of Duty World War, sorry, Call of Duty World at War. And that one literally began with an American soldier having a cigarette stubbed out in his eye and then having his yeah. throat slit in front yeah, of the player. Yeah. And that was yeah. the first Call of Duty that brought proper um, like, gore and graphic violence. Because if you shot someone with a shotgun, you would blow a leg off. Or if you yeah. set someone on fire with a flamethrower, they would literally burn. And there's missions in that game where you are literally tasked with setting people on fire. Like that's the decision. You have to make that decision. Yeah, and yeah. you see people burn in child bodies and that sort of thing. So it's strange to me that there was so much controversy that kind of followed with the the Modern Warfare 2 level.
1: Right. Have you got anything else on Call of Duty or shall, shall I move on? I think we incidentally covered every possible <laughs> Call of Duty controversy <laughs> yeah, we... in that first And, and Spec Ops. Yeah, and Spec Ops, up. yeah. <laughs> no, um... hit me with yours. Well, I'm tell you what, I'm gonna go to my second one because I'm probably know you're gonna have this game series in there. And I've already mentioned it, so I'm gonna talk about Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. But specifically, do you remember the hot coffee? <laughs> hot coffee mod? <laughs> um,
0: I would say I was far too young to have remembered this mod, but do have some understanding and some context. <laughs> I, I
1: read it in a book. <laughs> it was San Andreas so yeah. really good game at the time i played it recently well the remastered thing they brought out recently just doesn't play well on modern consoles but yeah the original game with CJ Johnson really good game some good voice acting in it samuel L. jackson was in it wasn't he, he the, was, yeah. the, the, the policeman wasn't he yeah but yeah so the hot coffee mod was i think it has to have been on the pc but sort of modders and and hackers found some Code in the game that basically it was a. I think when I was looking at it, it was a mini game that the developers put in to have fun themselves, but they never intended it to be shown. But it was a mini game where CJ was having sex with a girlfriend (laughs) and you controlled him. Yeah. And looking back at it, I forgot how bad this was in terms of press and publicity. So the thing I find funny about this game or this controversy is that. It was never intended to be seen. Yeah. And you wouldn't have found it on the consoles. It's just people hacked it. If I remember right, they then had to um, recall all the games. So let's have a quick look here. While it was not playable in the official game, the modern community discovered hidden code that when enabled allowed the protagonist to have animated sexual intercourse with his in-game girlfriend. Rockstar Games president wanted to include more role-playing elements. I'm laughing because, yeah, role-playing, that that (laughs) says it all for that. In San Andreas, while also pushing the Grand Theft Auto series' controversial reputation, development team was forced to curtail nudity and sexual content to obtain a mature rating from the ESRB, the Entertainment Software Rating Board. Rather than removing the content, the developers made it inaccessible to players. So you know someone's saying, Oh, do you know what? It's gonna be so much effort to get rid of it. Let's just lock it away, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Big mistake. Data miners discovered the code on the game's oh actually on the game's PlayStation 2 release. And when San Andreas was, was released for Windows, modder Patrick Wildenborg disabled the controls around the cor- the code and he released this modified code online under the name Hot Coffee. So the discovery of it resulted in intense legal backlash for Rockstar Games and their parent company Take-Two Interactive. Both companies remained mostly silent on the matter, but Rockstar Games released a statement claiming that modders were responsible for the minigame. The ESRB re-rated the game Adults Only after an investigation while the game was banned entirely in Australia until the explicit content was removed. Rockstar Games and Take-Two received a warning from the Federal Trade Commission for failing to disclose the extent of the graphic content present in the game, while a class-action lawsuit alleged that the company had misled customers who believed the game's content fell along the lines of a mature rating. It had a major impact on the video game industry. Rockstar Games' refusal to publicly comment on the matter was poorly received by the industry While the ESRB announced fines of up to US dollars, sorry, up to 1 million US dollars for game developers who failed to disclose the extent of their graphic content. But the funny thing was, Hot Coffee then reappeared in future releases. So a similar mod for Red Dead Redemption 2 was posted in 2020 (laughs) (laughs) and and subsequently taken down. While 2021's Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, the one which I mentioned a few minutes ago, uh, which included a remaster of Sandra's San was briefly removed from sale after data miners discovered the code associated with hot coffee. In that,
0: <laughs> again, I remember this being a huge story, and like everybody at school like wanting to be able to access it, but everybody playing console, so just not being <laughs> able to. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, in the end, it cost them um, take two, had already incurred losses of $24.5 million, so it would be equivalent to thirty two point nine now. From the earlier oh, wow. recall of the games, um, and the last bit on it was um, so the class action lawsuit. So on the twenty seventh of July two thousand and five, an eighty five year old woman from New York filed a law lawsuit. She had purchased a game for her fourteen year old grandson before it received its adult only re rating. Uh, she alleged that Rockstar Games had engaged in false advertising and consumer deception because it was marketed as mature. A similar lawsuit was filed in twenty. 2006 in the city of Los Angeles, and several similar claims were ultimately consolidated into one case. In 2006, October 2006, a federal judge ruled that the initial plaintiff could pursue class action for her lawsuit. Uh, Settlement talks began in February 2007. Now, this is the, the final bit I've got. The case was set on the 28th of January 2008. All customers who purchased the game before its re-rating were eligible for a claim of up to $35, the the purchase price of the game. So, while San Andreas had sold over 21.5 million copies, fewer than 3,000 customers filed claims in response for the settlement. So, while attorneys had settled the case for $1.3 million, it would take less than 30,000 to resolve submitted claims. Wow. And as part of that, Rockstar Games also agreed to make a charitable donation worth $860,000 as part of the settlement. So, Do you not think
0: that this became
1: more of a controversy because they took it out? Yeah, I I just find this a really bizarre one. uh, Because, again, there's been sexual content in games probably before that. I can't really remember, but there would be. There's got to be adult content. And you probably see worse on TV even back then? Yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what I mean. Yeah, maybe maybe it became more because people were trying to find it quick. When you hear about it, you're going to, like you said, people are going to want to try find it, aren't they? It becomes more of a thing. Now, I still think it's unfair. I mean, should they have put that in the game and left it in the game? No. But, you know, you're having to tamper to get into it. So when you buy anything, I was thinking about this. You know when you buy a laptop or you buy a mobile phone, it says opening of the device will render the the guarantee invalid Do you know what I mean if you basically if you open up shouldn't it be the same for a game if you've had to tamper to get into it that's on you
0: yeah again this is what I mean it's kind of like finding a prop, like finding something and then complaining about it when you shouldn't have been there to begin with it's kind of like well hang on a minute like it wasn't supposed to be accessible but yeah, again, very weird. I feel like if they'd have just gone with it, left it in the game, and made it something that you could actually just do off the bat, people wouldn't have really batted an eyelid about it, to be honest. Because again, even in San Andreas, you could still have sex with prostitutes in that game and go to strip clubs. So then the context of having <laughs> sex in that game doesn't really, to me, add anything more than it already had. The swearing, the violence. Oh my god! The, the who drug, was, um...
1: the drug use and promotion. <laughs>
0: yeah, who was um, uh, CJ's um, friend in that? Game Big Smoke.
1: Oh, yeah, was yeah, it was, it, was was one, like, it was. Can one, I have a 32 them,
0: yeah. with cheese? Six
1: number sixteen? <laughs> I mean, it's the game itself is, is all shocking, but it's a fact that you could have simulated sex,
0: yeah, is yeah. Where the line was drawn.
1: It's like, yeah, cool, we're doing drive by shootings, but shagging. No, I can't yeah. be doing that. <laughs> I guess it does depend. I don't know enough about what the difference between a mature rating and an adult only is, but. Mature still feels like you should be able to handle that. (laughs) Maybe it's an age thing. Maybe Mature covers up to, I don't know, maybe 16 or or something. I don't know. I'm conflicted on that. So I think at the time I remember finding it funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was 2004, I think. So I would have been... Actually, I would have been older than I probably think, but that's probably why I found it funny. <laughs> but it, it is true to me. I think the biggest fuck up about this is the fact that the game, on the basis that was what
0: was included that you could see, wasn't rated the highest rating that it could be anyway.
1: Yeah, I just love the fact that some developer thought he was clever and say, "Yeah, yeah, all right. we'll, we'll make it inaccessible." What what could possibly go wrong with that?
0: See, and now, do you know what it is? Is like with games now, and what people do is they take the they they get it on their PC, and when they're playing on PC, they just immediately go to the game yeah. files. They're like, "Oh, we found DS." DS, DS DLC that they're planning to release in December. There's this mission that they took out. I'm like, guys, like, you know, come on, let the developers just turn around and have a break. (laughs) That that
1: that was them having
0: fun. And it was it was it was just for them. Right, what have you got? Right, so um should we talk about another GTA controversy then?
1: Yeah, let's let's
0: GTA it up. (laughs) Okay, we'll go with GTA again. So this is GTA five and it's the torture level. So it's an interrogation that you're doing for like the various intelligence agencies in the game. So I'll see all of these stories all interlink. And it's actually, even though I didn't play GTA 5 that long ago, still too convoluted for me to remember exactly. Um, but long story short, you're basically put in a room with a chap tied to a chair. And you just have all of the weapons in the world at your disposal to extract information from him. So whether you extract information from him by extracting some of his teeth or by electrocuting him or... Or by bashing his knees in with a wrench, or what else was there? Was a there torch, slow sure torch. torching? Yeah, I think waterboarding was a thing as well. It's a nasty scene. Yeah, it is actually. To be fair, scene. and yeah. again, depending on what you choose, you are completely in control of how bad that scene actually gets. Um, again, when you look at the context of it in the storyline, did it probably need to be there in that capacity? No, there were earlier scenes, wasn't there? I think one of the first scenes where you meet Trevor is where he kills a guy by stamping on his head like 12 times. Yeah, I think.
1: ironically, sorry, just ironically, the lead character from the DLC in the previous game. He's the he's the lead character in the DLC. Oh, Johnny no Clemente. way! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my God,
0: I didn't know that. I didn't yeah, know yeah. that. <laughs> there wow. <you> <laughs> That's a well good bit of trivia. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But yeah, so I just think to myself, hang on a minute. We've already seen the guy stomped out in reference to Brains being on Trevor's boot. Um, and, and like I said, they didn't need to put the gate, the gate le- that level in for that reason. Again, it could have been a cut scene or a scene that you see from the perspective of another player. But they put you in control of the torture now. I think, again, the way it was reported was, oh, my God, Grand Theft Auto just includes methods of torture and teaches children how to violently murder each other. No, because, again, if you're going to complain about that, you should be complaining about the fact that there's prostitution, strip clubs, rampant sex everywhere, and that sort of thing. Um, but I think, the yeah, it was the fact that you were in control of the scene. You could make it as bad as you wanted to make it. It wasn't necessary in, in the context of how long it takes to complete GTA it wasn't really necessary to have that level in there in reality but i guess in the context of the story grand theft auto is always going to be controversial so in my mind that wasn't a controversial one at all in the capacity that like the call of duty ones were because i feel like that's just very star pushing the pushing the limit which is what they're going to do like i feel like when you see a new gta you are going to see a new shocking level it's like in gta 4 when um roman's cousin gets shot at his wedding yeah that whole cut scene there was really, really hard-hitting because it was like a moment where you thought everything should be fine, and then they kind of turn it on its head. Um, so I just feel like it's just not a surprising thing for Rockstar, and it's absolutely intentional in the way that they do it now.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's not controversial in the sense of Call of Duty was because it was civilians in an airport. This one is just because it is such a prolonged scene, and you do have to do it. You can't not yeah, torture the yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, and I and this is where I'm a bit of a hypocrite, I guess, because I don't think it needed to be in there. And you could easily have heard you could have been on the phone at the other end and heard the to, hear the torture happening, if you know what yeah. I mean, or in another room. Yeah. But then in the same game, you're shooting hundreds of, crimin- you, you know, enemies and you're beating them with baseball bats and you're doing despicable things in the game anyway. Yeah. It's just the fact that is such a graphic scene. And it just goes on for ages, and you do have to, and it's weird because you're looking at all these horrible ways to torture the guy, and you're thinking, right, which one do I pick? Which one's going to be the least? Yeah, <laughs> and, the, and the poor bastard is actually, like, crying out for some mercy as well, isn't he, like, throughout yes. the level? But then, do you know what the, the funny thing about it is, is after that, you drop him off at the airport, and you're, like, joking with him. It's like, you <laughs> know, that's, that's the thing. Is It's, like you said, it's very GTA. It's very Rockstar.
0: Yeah, I think that the problem as well was the fact that uh, they they suppose it's suspected, and whether or not I don't know if this has ever been confirmed by Rockstar um the studio in and of themselves. But Trevor has a monologue back on the way to the airport and talks about like torture being is used as a device to assert like dominance and that sort of thing. And people try to draw parallels between the use of violence in the game and like link it to this is the way that some governments operate basically. But I feel that that's probably lost in translation based on the fact of like you said, the mission goes on for ages and then yeah. it ends in like some sort of really lighthearted, strange way that's like, you know, it's very weird. It fits Trevor's character perfectly. Yeah, If you does, wanted yeah. to talk about the character, but in terms of story and if they were trying to link to some sort of kind of like real world link i I feel like that probably missed the mark a little bit
1: because again you've played the game right yeah
0: yeah
1: they do it really well in the sense of one character is at um, your opposite mansion you've got to snipe someone in there yeah and you're trying to talk to the guy to find out which which person it is to identify them but again i feel like you could have solely been the guy on the sniper rifle and in the intercom in your earpiece maybe they could have given you the option a la Call of Duty so you just hear it relay to you but yeah I I love Call of of Duty I love GTA 5 actually I've played it a couple of times uh, recently again digression on this you can finish the game there's a different endings because there's three main characters isn't it and you can either save them all or have them die I always save them all because I just love the song that plays because there's a different song that plays each time And I just love the song that plays when you save them all. And now, even though I can listen to it on YouTube or Spotify, I have to play it and save them all just to get that that song.
0: I actually don't think I ever played any ending that didn't save all of them. So I think you had three choices, didn't you? You had like the suicide mission, which was, oh, you're not going to kill anyone. You had the one where you were killing Michael or the one where you were killing Trevor. I don't think I ever played any of the endings where I killed Michael or Trevor because I couldn't bring myself to do it because I liked the characters too
1: much. Yeah, and it's funny, isn't it? Because you'll have played how even if you're blitzing through it, you'll have invested quite a lot of time in that game, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. feel you know, Trevor, as twisted as he is, you kind of feel sorry for him because they did stitch him up, didn't they? Do you yeah, yeah, well, Michael yeah. stitched him up. So, yeah, so basically, you kind of <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> writing letters from uh, his mate, who's actually been dead for years and is buried in the cemetery. You are pretending he's still alive to get information out of him. I don't know if you remember that, <laughs> but uh, yeah,
0: yeah. I guess,
1: I guess, grand theft auto, like you said, have always had, um have always had it. But yeah, that that was shock factor. I think probably more for me than. out an outrageous thing that shouldn't have appeared in the game yeah yeah i agree i think that's a fair a fair um
0: a fair review what's your next one
1: right well we've had a couple of real big hitters there haven't we so call of duty and gta have you heard of a game if i'm saying it right called polybius i haven't no and there's a reason why you won't, because it's a very secretive game. I've, I I've remember hearing about this and reading some articles and seeing a couple of videos, but it's actually, it could have featured in last week's episode about Urban Legends, right? But it's a, it's a game, it was released in 1981. It was an arcade game. And it was basically purported to be a game that was either trying to kill people or um, it was being used by uh, the CIA as part of the MKUltra Ultra. <laughs> mind control
0: <laughs> amazing. amazing i
1: i ask you i implore you to look and anyone listening if you've not heard of it so this is an arcade game released in 1981 the game was created by a mysterious company now i don't speak german but i think it's pronounced something like "Sinnesloschen." basically translated roughly means sensory deprivation um right, okay. it was a puzzle shoot-em-up game kind of like tempest was on the original atari now it was only released in a few suburbs of portland oregon okay the game was released it was just a black arcade cabinet with no name polybius was the name players later gave to it, it it's a name of a greek historian the game was instantly addictive hypnotic and in some cases dangerous two teenagers supposedly disappeared after playing it mysterious men in black suits periodically came to service it but yet they wouldn't do anything to it or take money away i think they said so this is exactly it and there's not much there's a lot of stories and a lot of differentiation in terms of what people say actually was or who did it but you know i've got here was it a secret government research program using gamers as guinea pigs was it part of the cia's mk ultra mind control it was really popular so it formed long lines for, of, of kids waiting to play it. However, players reported strange things about the game, such as hearing women, a, a woman crying, seeing grotesque faces out the corner of their eyes after playing it. Players would have nightmares. They experienced nausea, headaches, blackouts or even developed amnesia. Some stories allegedly said that some were tried to commit suicide. Others stopped playing video games altogether, and at least one person became an anti-video game activist after playing it. (laughs) Another witness was saying that men wearing black suits would come to collect records, uh, in commas, quote marks, from the game. They didn't take any money. They just simply took data on the gameplay. So this is why, because of that, the leading theory is it was some sort of government experiment using subliminal messages. Right, um, okay, okay. And it disappeared a month after its release.
0: That's very strange, that's very strange. Because you'd think that if it was some sort of like marketing ploy, there would be a payoff from a company at some point.
1: Yeah, there is an interesting thing here. So there is a guy, and this came from pdxmonthly.com. There's a guy who claims he was abducted one afternoon when he was 14 after playing the game at a place called Coin Kingdom and experienced mind-altering side effects. Uh, this is in the podcast actually sorry he tells the producers he was led through a series of underground tunnels and was found the next day more than 60 miles from his house in the middle of uh, Tillamook State Forest uh, <laughs> the guy claims there was another boy with him and the one who rescued him now he gives this is why I find it interesting he now gives for-profit polybius walking tours around Portland that attempt to authenticate his experience by returning the to the former basement of the Coin Kingdom, he claims the ordeal of the abduction ruined his life. And telling the podcast audience, doing the tour is a way to exercise his demons on a daily basis. So, I think you could definitely say this is controversial. If a game was out there trying to control people's minds, or yeah, 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 very much so. <laughs> As well, for me, what it, what it is about this is it was it's like 981, so it's forty years ago, before video games, before the internet. It just seems really. Really mysterious. Now, like I said, if you look at it, you'll probably find um, stories of a company maybe has come up, but whether, if it was making people sick, because I think at the time there were actually legitimate stories of people falling ill because of video games. But one I read was because he was trying to beat the asteroids, high score on the machines, played it for 28 hours straight, and was only drinking Coke. So I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I am no doctor, but I think I could tell you what happened there. But the fact, yeah, that you've got these men in black and the game disappeared after a month. So they're saying, yeah, was it an attempt to try see could they control people's minds with the different flashing effects and the graphics? So
0: I think though as well. I think there's no like reports of like nausea people seeing shit and stuff like that afterwards. I bought a Nintendo Switch for my mum, right? And she said that she felt dizzy after like ten minutes of playing it because she doesn't game. If we're saying that this is like the newest, like this is a really new thing to have new arcade machines pop up. And also the fact that I've just had a look at some pictures of the unit and it's like a black yeah. unit box because it's designed to be dark. So then it sits on your face. And if you're sitting there for an hour playing it, of course you're going to see things because at the time you wouldn't have been focusing on a screen for that long ever in in your lifetime at any other point so yeah I think that that's probably an explanation for that but I guess the way in which they appeared and disappeared is probably quite strange
1: yeah the, well the, my, my thing on that is yeah if you started making people vomit and throw up you probably want to get your games out of there ASAP right <laughs> that- well
0: this is true yeah I guess so yeah and and you wouldn't take credit for it if that's the case because yeah. you wouldn't
1: want anybody knowing that that you were you were the one that put it out the, the the last thing i remember reading though is they're saying and people saying about the you know the the fbi or cia the men in black basically they were saying what you've also got to remember is sometimes the arcades or wherever these were put weren't necessarily the nicest of places so they might have been going there for other reasons you know yeah crime yeah. reasons it's got all the makings you know it's in the 80s before the internet because you couldn't have this now no 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 and it's just the fact that it's basically like a, a A killer game or a game that was just controlling people i mean that that's kind of the nightmare of adults and parents around the world right that video games are (laughs) corrupting their children isn't it
0: it is true it kind of fits the narrative and maybe it was just a story that was created by people that didn't like this new video game thing
1: yeah yeah that's mine polybius the killer or the mind controlling video game that that appeared for a month
0: it actually does look like a good story because I've just had, had a read as well. Whilst you've you've given us the kind of introduction to it and the analysis of it, and I've seen that the angry video game nerd did a video on it like five years ago, so I think I'm going to give that a watch when we uh, when we end this episode. So I'm interested don't,
1: don't, now. Don't find it online and play it.
0: <laughs> Imagine, my God, that was actually quite a good one.
1: Very very cool conspiracy-led one as well. Yeah, yeah, that could have been in any, any couple of our episodes. That's the thing.
0: <laughs> right so i've got another one and mine i think
1: are all based you've muted yourself <laughs> what? what i don't know what's going on it's bloody mary from last week I told is, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh we've said it twice tonight
0: yeah, yeah yeah um yeah i think mine are all on the basis of like something that's designed to be shocking so the next game that i had i don't remember it being a particularly big game and but my game's home front so do you remember oh yeah yeah so it was kind of came out at the time where like, you know, your, your your first person shooters were literally just your bread and butter of the video game world. So it was released in 2011. So this would have obviously followed things like Call of Duty, a fair few iterations of the the good Call of Duties, as I will call them, um, your Medal of Honor, that sort of thing. And the basis for this game was that you are a... Soldier in the States, and it's basically a foreign invasion. And if I remember rightly, it's a North Korean foreign invasion,
1: I believe so. Yeah,
0: and so it's basically like imagine guerrilla warfare, but based in the States, like suburban towns and that sort of thing. The game opens up from what I remember to be a really, really hard hitting cutscene because you basically see what is like the execution of civilians in that scene. So I think you will put on a bus. And you're traveling down the street and you see people going through checkpoints, people being lined up and literally people being executed. I remember as well, there was one. And I think you turn a corner and it's either a mum or a dad gets shot. And then there's a kid that like runs up to the body crying.
1: I think, yeah,
0: I think that it was a, a really, yeah. really difficult opening scene to watch. And the fact that they opened with that was nuts. But the specific level is, I think, if I remember rightly, it's based on a baseball field. And you have to, like, covertly get round this baseball field without being seen. But the invaders are using the baseball field as basically a mass grave for civilians. So you see, like, digger loads worth of bodies being, like, dumped into graves and then covered up and that sort of thing. And again, when you look at, like, potential, like, historical imagery that that kind of draws to, it was actually a really, really shocking level to play. And it was shocking to see a game emulate that. And make you feel a part of it, if that makes sense. Different in the context of like seeing a TV show or seeing a film, it put you in that position where you were watching it and you could choose to watch it, you could choose to ignore it, you could choose. Do you know what I mean? It it kind of it's weird because games kind of draw like these moral dilemmas to the player because you are in control and it's almost like a sense of bringing a closeness to the situation and that's why the stories hit harder. But yeah, I remember that just being personally for me an awful set of scenes to watch um and i thought that they were way worse than the no russian levels ever could have been but again it just wasn't as talked about compared to to your call of duties and your other things and i don't know whether or not it's just because it just didn't sell as much
1: to be honest with you i was gonna say i think there's two reasons i think one is because was slated i don't think it was reviewed well but also and i can't remember if it's the first one because there was a sequel as well the controversy around it was there was accusations of basically, I don't know if it's racism or political incorrectness about how they treated or some of the language, I think, about the invading enemy. Right, I think, yeah, I think yeah. there was a whole furore around that. So I think that kind of negated the, the controversy around the scenes that you're talking about. I agree with you. I think the fact that, like you said, it was like suburban warfare. It was in and around towns and, and like houses. And like you said, just on a baseball field, which is a, a place of happiness, isn't it? Yeah, normally? yeah. Um, and it does remind me of, I think, Modern Warfare 2 and possibly 3. There's a couple of levels there where you're fighting in the streets, aren't you? Yeah, that yeah, you are. Yeah. And you're going in and out of houses. and And there's something about that other than it being, I don't know, in space or like a, a battlefield somewhere. It, it yeah. just makes it hit harder, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, and I think the the only thing that was different with Homefront and the way that they did it was they made it dark. So not only were you playing in an environment that felt strange, it they made it as dark as possible. They made it as like, this is the worst thing that could possibly happen, basically. It was, yeah, it was, it was a really strange, strange gaming experience. And I actually really rated the game. I thought the game actually was brilliant because it kind of follows like the premise of like Red Dawn. Do you know the film?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: that's kind of basically what the, the basis of the game is. And I can't remember if it was actually released after Red Dawn or before Red Dawn. Might have been a bit of inspiration there. But yeah, I just remember it being very, very dark and very unapologetic in the way it presented things. It didn't hide stuff away. So do you remember I, I, I said about that Call of Duty mission where the terrorist like shoots into the smoke and you just know that he shot a kid. This didn't hide away from just turning around and showing you that and being like, this is just standard. This is the way that this is going to be depicted. And I think that's probably what was the shocking thing in the context of like the actual way that that levels and missions ran.
1: See, I really can't remember it much, but my memory of it, is it kind of reminds me of like being a resistance, almost like in the Terminator franchise, where you're, <laughs> you're that resistance. Like you said, you aren't uh, an over the top like dude army, like you are in Call of Duty or Gears of War. Do you know what I mean? You are just scrabbling materials and yeah, sort of equipment to fight, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah, so. that's a good one. That's like I said, that doesn't get talked about that much. So yeah,
0: yeah, and you know what I remember about that game as well. The multiplayer was fucking fantastic.
1: I don't think I ever played multiplayer on it. I
0: don't know why. I never know why that game never got the credit it deserved, but I thought the story was actually very good in the way it was depicted. It was something different. It was very dark. And the multiplayer was absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant.
1: Right, hit me with your next one. Right, so we've had fairly similar games, right? So we've had like Grand Theft Auto and a lot of shoot 'em ups, Call of Duty in Homefront. I've got one more game that's controversial. Then if we've got time, I've got some advertising controversy. Okay, and do you like how I'm mixing up controversy, and controversy throughout the whole episode? I'm, tr- I'm trying to see <laughs> no, if you pick that up. No consistency. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a game called Night Trap, and I don't know if you've heard that. It is well, be- actually, it's a year before you were born, but doesn't mean anything in gaming. <laughs> do you know the concept of FMV, so full motion video games? No. So this was back in the day, right? Where the new high tech thing was, it was like real, real actors. It was real video. Yeah. So instead of a, instead of like a, a an animated game, it was using real actors. They were like choose choose your own adventure. It was like you're at this scene. What do you make that character do this set or the other? And and then the the scene would play out. So basically, they filmed a film with multiple okay. different outcomes to scenes. Anyway, so this is Night Trap is 1992. It's an interactive movie published by Sega for the Sega CD system. It follows the Concern over the disappearance of five teenage girls who were last seen at a family winery estate called the Martin family. The girls were reportedly invited to stay the night by one of the family members. They were not heard from after their stay, but the Martins insist that the girls safely left the property. Therefore, they refuse to allow the police to search the property. The special control attack team investigating the discovered a series of tapes As five more teenage girls enter the home, one of which is an undercover agent, the player is tasked with ensuring that they leave the premises unharmed. As the game's storyline continues, it is revealed that the Martins family is in the process of turning into vampires, and the ending of the game depends entirely on who the players choose to save. So basically, the game is you're watching these five girls have like a a slumber party or whatever through different cameras. (laughs) And you flick between the different cameras around the house and you've got to trigger traps to prevent the invaders into the house from right, okay. getting to them. There's a couple of things that made this hit the press at the time. One is the fact that it was almost like the voyeurism aspect of it. Yeah. But, yeah. And I think there was a scene where they were in like their nightgowns or, or lingerie or something. So it was that kind of potential violence and, and sexual aggression against women that was okay, yeah. you know i actually think i've played it recently on like it might have even been on the iphone or on a phone you know they re- released it like 20 year anniversary or whatever edition but i don't think it was overly graphic if there was blood it was like weird over the top like green or something because they were yeah. like vampires and and if there was violence you just saw them being sort of picked up or whatever i don't think you saw graphic violence the funny thing is about it is Uh, the game was one of the principal subjects of a 1993 US Senate committee hearing on violent video games, along with Mortal Kombat. Now, if you think about Mortal Kombat and how violent that was, where you're ripping people's (laughs) spinal cords out. Um, So Night Trap was cited during the hearing as promoting gratuitous violence and sexual aggression against women, prompting toy retailers Toys R Us to pull the game from shelves that December. And Sega had to cease producing copies in January '94. So this Senate hearing, this is where I got confused earlier This Senate hearing led to the creation of the Entertainment Software Rating Board The North American Video Games Rating Board still used today So if it wasn't for this game, we we wouldn't have that (laughs) Sega or the the makers were basically stating that Mortal Kombat was still being sold Yet their game, just because it was real, if you know what I mean By real, I mean using real footage It got, um... oh yes, here we go, I've got it here the game featured violence and sexual aggression against women. A one-game-over scene considered particularly offensive involved the nightgown-clad character Lisa being captured by vampires' attempt to drain her blood. They attempted to explain the context of the nightgown scene in defence of the game, but he claims he was silenced. This is one of the, the the game makers. In a short documentary, the producers and some members of the cast explained that the plot of the game was to, in fact, prevent the trapping and killing of women. In addition, the blood-draining device was intended to look Very unrealistic to mitigate violence. And there are scenes in which the girls are grabbed or pulled by enemies, but no nudity or extreme acts of violence appear in the game. Night Trap designer Rob Phillip was irked that his relatively tame game was being compared to Mortal Kombat, which is based on ultra-violent gore, such as ripping the heart out of an opponent. Yeah. During the hearings, Nintendo of America vice president testified that Night Trap would never appear on their system because it didn't pass his guidelines. As a result, it sold 50,000 copies of Night Trap the following week. And two weeks before Christmas, the game was removed from store shelves. Yeah.
0: That one seems a little bit
1: unjustified, I think. The irony also is it's been voted one of the worst games ever.
0: <laughs> maybe, Maybe we're all fortunate. <laughs>
1: yeah i think it is a is a victim of its of the time it came out yeah the cover was a a cartoon drawing if i'm in writing it featured like a like a busty woman in the in in a nightgown you've got the whole thing that it was probably you can imagine the the adverts are showing these girls having a good time with like these masked invaders breaking into their house so it probably just felt yeah you know especially when you're using video footage we're talking about Call of Duty feeling real when they upped the graphic realism. But these were real videos back in the 90s, early 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is true. This is true. But if you look at it, it probably is really tame now. It's more like an interactive film as opposed yeah, to like a... basically.
0: yeah. 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 Yeah, I think you're right. Probably just being a victim of its time, because this is the thing. I feel like, like again, like is it the Silent Hill games or like the Resident Evil games? Like the modern iterations of them, or the most modern ones, have had really, really horrific things happen in them. So I feel like this probably wouldn't even touch the surface nowadays. But again, oh I feel god, like yeah, as pyramid gone head. On, <laughs> yeah, this is what I mean. I feel like as time's gone on, everything's just got a bit more lax with that sort of thing. So yeah, you're pushing the envelope now is more difficult than it was um, back then. I think
1: the reason for that is it's interesting that it created the esrb so if it wasn't for that game it wouldn't, it, <laughs> something i no doubt would have happened to have made it form but it was that game the worst one of the worst games of the year that or the <laughs> 90s yeah
0: <laughs> one of the shittest games in the world literally gave us the rating system amazing amazing and again, they'd be, I don't know if the people that created the system in and of itself now are still knocking about, but they're probably turning in their graves if they're not thinking about what's allowed now versus what they were turning yeah, around. Be yeah, like, no. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, but it's a fact that Mortal Kombat still was being sold, but that's a whole other yeah, argument. That yeah. one is a ridiculous, isn't it? Because
0: Mortal Kombat actually gives you like slow motion violence of you ripping people's heads off. And and they were digitised people as well, weren't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is actually, again, like proper, proper realism because that's what they were going for. Finish him. (laughs) Have you got anything else? Um, I had a really general one that um, I was going to finish on from my list. Um, I feel like I've been quite mainstream with my selections, but again, personal (laughs) experience. I've never been like an indie gamer. I'm really sorry, guys. I play FIFA, I play COD, and I play Assassin's Creed or played assassin's all
1: creed. good games all good games they are all
0: good games the only reason i bring up assassin's creed is because it's got a lot of religious iconography on it like yes. in one of the games you literally kill the fucking pope
1: at the end that's the first game isn't it that <laughs> no, is actually yeah. the first game
0: yeah no 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 so the first one is the one with altair isn't it
1: yeah oh i thought it Damascus. was the end of the first one Oh, is it the, end of the first one no 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 the one with the pope oh maybe i'm getting it wrong because yeah you, you get that orb or something don't you yeah yeah
0: yeah so it's all based on like like religious corruption and that sort of thing and like religious organizations hiding like artifacts that are like all powerful and it's like conspiracy linking to the modern day and it's kind of like drawing comparisons between a little bit of like um what's the organization that that runs the animus oh god can you remember the name of them oh my word Oh, my gosh. Oh, this is so terrible. So it's the Templars' Abstergo. Abstergo. I, I was thinking Animus. It's not Animus. It's Abstergo. Um, Abstergo. And they're kind of like almost like modern-day like Freemasons. It, it's it's a really weird like, kind of story that links together. But, yeah, I just always thought to myself that they were always running quite close to the mark with like the religious iconography, the links to historical religious figures as well. Because, again, some people that were depicted as... Very high up in the church were real characters that really yeah. did exist during the Renaissance period and were controversial through history in and of themselves. Now, having your assassin depicted as putting a blade through the guy's head, um, who was the Pope <laughs> at the time, again, is 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 a pretty pretty controversial line, I think. I just feel like Assassin's Creed always avoided that because it was enough of like a sci-fi, almost, that it kind of could take liberties like that and not really be kind of caught too much in the shit basically
1: yeah if, if you think about it throughout their the history of games so like even for me the best ones the Ezio trilogy you've got is it leonardo da vinci's like your your main man creating all the gadgets for you yeah no you're right you're right it's it's very interwoven with his history isn't it in historical figures that game and yeah, religion and the, is obviously right, especially those early games were right at the forefront, weren't they? Yeah, very much so. Then they kind of
0: switched off to different cultures. I think, obviously, on the basis that the the three... So the second, third and fourth games, I think were all based on Ezio's story, which was Italy, the Renaissance period. Leonardo da Vinci involved in some of the most like religious iconography in the world, obviously, in terms of art. Because, again, even like pictures and paintings that you could buy, yeah. all depictions of God. Do you remember as well, they had that puzzle series... Which would like unlock clues for things where you had to put like um, pictures together and they were all religious depictions. So it wasn't like like
1: Adam and Eve or something. Yeah, Adam
0: and Eve, the creation of Adam, yeah, all of all of that sort of thing. Because the apple was supposedly from the Garden of Eden, which is what gave you the power. Um, And like the Borgia's
1: in that game as well. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was the Borgia's
0: because I can't remember again what the Pope's name was. Oh God. Rodrigo de Borgia? Let's say, I yeah. I think I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, but yeah, and they're actually depicted as being as horrific as they were supposed to be in real life as well. But um, Ezio yeah. is one of
1: the coolest characters ever.
0: Yeah, by far. If I could be any video game character, it would be Ezio. Like his introduction, where he's jumping from the balcony of that black yeah. <laughs> belt. <Yeah. house. laughs> Ezio Auditore <laughs> do... da, Firenze. da Firenze. <laughs> <laughs> amazing amazing really um, good yeah, set of games yeah amazing set of games very good ending to that like second trilogy but they kind of linked the Altair game into that as well the first one but yeah I always just thought to myself a lot of religious iconography the mini games were all based around the apple coming from the, the garden of eden and granting huge power and it all being a conspiracy linked with the church who were in on it who were also templars it it, it was so I'm really very, surprised very actually thing.
1: like you said that it didn't get more flack that game yeah
0: yeah because you think about the links that it's drawing to things like the church. And obviously a lot of that game was based in cities like Rome and big like Florence as well, where you had huge, huge religious sects that kind of divided. Because you have to remember Italy at the time was obviously in the in the place that the game set was divided between like the, the Vatican in and of its own state and that sort of thing. But, yeah, very, very controversial, I think. But, again, it depends on the way that you look at religion. If you don't take religion as a thing that, you know, you're, I'm, yeah. I'm not a particularly religious person at all, so I just look at it as a cool twist on history. But, yeah, I could imagine that if it was picked up in, in by people that probably wanted to spin that story... They've probably got quite a good basis to go that that route. To be fair, because it doesn't really depict religion in a particularly positive way, I don't think, or it doesn't depict religious organisations yeah in there a you particularly go, yeah. positive light as opposed to religion. Because Ezio obviously says his prayer over all of his victims, doesn't he? Because he's yeah, I like, think
1: they all I think they kind of all do in the games, don't yeah. they? Yeah, we're Okay, that's a good one. That's a good one. I'm yeah. just keeping an eye on the time, so. I'm just going to blitz through these. These I don't have games anymore, but I actually have some really outrageous attempts at advertising games here. <laughs> go on, then. Now, there's a lot more, and I actually think there's an episode in this, but I've just picked three. And actually, before I go, that can we just say the most controversial game ever was that bastard tutorial for Driver? Let's just yeah, say yeah. yeah we mentioned it again. Hundred
0: percent. Yeah, that <laughs> that, mentioned... that in
1: and of itself was torture. <laughs> Context: You had to, you had a minute to do certain stunts in a in an underground parking lot, and I think there's a stat like thirty or forty percent of the people never actually played the game because they couldn't this, make past the tutorial. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Unreal. Right. <laughs> but there's um, a company here. Do you remember Acclaim Games? So they did like, um, I think they did Burnout. I think they did a lot of the NBA. jam oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Right. So back in two thousand and two, to promote. Burnout 2. Developers at Acclaim decided to push themselves as a cooler alternative to other games in the racing subgenre. Rather than letting the game speak for itself, though, which was all they needed to do because, as this article said, it was very good, the studio put out an ad offering to pay the fine for British speeders if they were caught over the limit on the, the day of the game's release. <laughs> so, The day the game was released, if you got caught speeding, they would pay your fine. (laughs) Obviously, encouraging players to go out and mimic the frenzied driving of the series received virtually instant backlash. The British Department of Transportation demonized the ad for encouraging people to speed and break the law. Rather than backing down when confronted about it, Acclaim used the excuse that they weren't trying to promote speeding, but rather trying to ease the financial pain that speeders were suffering from in the uk
0: and <laughs> what that's the funniest <laughs> out! it's like the bit, it's like do you know when you go to school and you just try and think of an excuse in the last minute as to why you didn't <laughs> fucking turn up with your homework
1: that is the shittiest excuse i've ever heard but hilarious at the same time just to finish it did get cancelled before it began but i'm hoping ah. as, a, as a driver you read that that it got cancelled <laughs>
0: yeah people that went out and got their speeding tickets and then were fucked with the fine as well afterwards it's just
1: unreal isn't it how do we promote our racing game let's tell people we'll pay their speeding fines if they go out and oh it's unreal unreal (laughs) i quite like it i think again that's an instant
0: that's a that's a thing for me of like again no, no all press is good press for me that's brilliant
1: the same company tried to use tombstones to advertise a game while claims controversial marketing campaign for Burnout 2 was misguided and cringeworthy, it wasn't anywhere near as intentionally distasteful as what the publisher had in mind for Shadow Man 2. Offering recently bereaved families the option of having their funerals and expenses paid for if they allowed the company to plaster their marketing materials over tombstones, the company was criticised for taking advantage of low-income families to sell a game. The outrage got so heated, in fact, that it got to the point where the Church of England had to step in and reassure people they wouldn't be letting anybody use their grave sites as a marketing opportunity. That is fucking ruthless. That is (laughs) crazy, that one. Again, the businessman at Acclaim said, uh, like the other one, they were just doing what was in the best interest of helping the public uh, to pay for funerals, etc.
0: That's like yeah. when you've gone to school and missed your homework
1: two weeks in a row but still forget your <laughs> shit excuse from yeah. the week before. Like, I wonder if it was the smoke. same guy. <laughs> but yeah. Before I go on the next one, I think it was the same company. I could be wrong, so don't shout at me, people listening. But there was also there was a game called Turok, which they said they would pay for people if they named their children Turok. Some people did, but I think that on investigation, it was then found out to be actors who did it as well. So there's a controversy there anyway. Right, okay. The last one I've got, though, is Sony. A goat is sacrificed in the name of God of War 3. Wanting to throw an extravagant launch party for the upcoming God of War 3, Sony invited a bunch of people in the gaming industry to a media event themed all around the sequel. Uh, Featuring decor and events based on the titles ancient Greek setting, the party also included a sacrificed goat that was being dragged around the place. The media stunt was reported in the, the British tab, uh, British press who managed to secure images from inside the event, alleging the party goers were invited to caress the still warm carcass of the animal. Basically, I think they said some of the details were later found to be embellished. Oh, it was the Daily Mail. Uh, some of the details were later found to be embellished by the Daily Mail. And other reports cleared up that the goat was going to be killed regardless. So it's not the marketing team that orchestrated the death of the animal themselves, <laughs> they just took advantage of it. <laughs> I don't know if that's worse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just like the other two, you're not making it better by Because <laughs> <pilot. laughs> you still paraded a dead animal at a, biz- at a launch event, you know? <laughs> Right, that's like done. That's you
0: done. Like the release of Farming Simulator. Hi, and here we have some
1: live chickens that we'd like you to cull <laughs> as a part of our launch event. Jesus. I'm just amazed that any of those went ahead. I mean, the early 2000s must have been just amazing for advertisers and marketing people. Do you know what I mean? Here's money. Go do what the hell you want. <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah they're like they're like literally sitting there and like it feels like nobody's had oversight so it's like no we don't need to pass this don't worry you've got full full control don't worry the intern dave uh yeah you've yeah. got full control of our marketing campaign don't worry about it do what you like or uh, the
1: or the, the main guy's gone to intern dave and said oh look i can't be bothered. i'm going down the pub do you just want to come up with someone for this driving game or this God of War game? <laughs> yeah. what's the, again what's the worst that can happen
0: oh my god
1: I'm, I'm done i'm done
0: amazing that is actually brilliant and you know what i feel like advertising fuck-ups or lot or like advertising miscues it would be an absolutely banging episode so maybe and we'll there's shoot.
1: actually more i know a load more about video games so we, we can definitely come back to this 100 percent. 100 have you got anything else you've done
0: no i'm gonna leave it there because i feel like they were absolutely fucking hilarious yeah. to end on <laughs>
1: Well, before we wrap up, I just want to say, yeah, go buy the sugar-coated murder book. Uh, click, click, click. And just, yeah, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Subscribe where you can and give us a rating where you can.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Leave us some more reviews. We do appreciate it. If you had any video game controversies that were particularly massive in your mind or just any video games that you thought were controversial, feel free to send us a tweet at CastingViews or send us an email at CastingViewsPod at gmail.com. Um, Dan, no no further comments. Just I'm here for the controversy. Controversy. It's controversy. And um just before I see us out, yes, my cat is still dead. I know there are many podcasts from which you can choose, so I thank you for listening to Casting Views. Two, three,
1: four. If I want your opinion, I will give it to you. Come on, check what
0: we've got, cause you need it. Don't make us get a spark and force